Oh man, I was sad to hear about the passing of Jamie Reed. If you don't know Jamie Reed, then you almost certainly saw his work. He's the guy who was basically responsible for capturing the aesthetic of the British punk movement. He did the sleeve for the Sex Pistols album, Never Mind the Bollocks, Here's the Sex Pistols, which, to be honest, I just had to check the title of that record because, for some reason, and this is the Mandela effect, if I've ever heard it, I always thought that record was Never Mind the Bollocks, It's the Sex Pistols, so it's a good job I checked that. Um, he also did the singles Anarchy in the UK, God Save the Queen, that's based on the Cecil Beaton photograph of Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, he puts a safety pin through her nose. I can't even imagine how shocking that was in 1977. As well as Pretty Vacant and Holidays in the Sun, which I, I've said this many times, that I think the run of those four singles is basically, well, it's the Sex Pistols' career, but it's also, I think, about as good as a run of singles released by any band can be. So, anarchist, druid, practiser of decollage, it's it's very sad. 76 years old, rest in peace you anarchist bastard. But anyway, listen, I went on the television today, I went on GB News to talk about AI. I don't really like talking about AI because everyone's talking about AI and I think we're kind of at the moment where no one really knows how this is gonna pan out. Everyone's frightened, everyone's seen Terminator 2. When I look around on ChatGPT as someone who makes their living predominantly from the written word, I do think, fuck, this is much better than I thought it would be at this point. Mm, what does the future look like for me? But actually, now I've kind of got over the existential panic of the new technology, I've started to think of real positives about AI. There's a conversation with Django Django, which is a bit further back on the podcast feed, where David McLean kind of makes me think about AI in a slightly different way. He talks about having a fear of AI in 2023 as a little bit like having a fear of synthesizers in the early 80s. I'm not sure I totally agree with that, but I see where he's coming from. He's kind of coming from that perspective of it's a new technology. We're not putting the genie back in the bottle, to use a cliche that I used during the conversation with GB News. And actually, all of this is a panic that we will find some kind of equilibrium with in time. I'm also a huge fan of Grimes. I have a wish list for the podcast, which I update. and People go up, people go down. No one really ever comes off the list, but it just gets longer and longer and longer. And Grimes has always been right up there at the top. Who knows whether I can speak to Grimes at some point, but that would be a dream of mine. Grimes has gone kicking and screaming towards AI. She's basically allowed people to muck around with her music and her voice. And I actually think that's kind of more where creative people should be going. I think that's more what we should be thinking because this stuff isn't going to go away. It's more how can we use it in an interesting way. There's a point during the conversation with GB News where I make the point that I actually think that inadvertently the rise of AI in music and creative spaces might actually be something of a positive because I think it's actually going to force music fans to say, no, I want my music to be made by people and the people who make the music will therefore have to be much more interesting and creative and make themselves invaluable in a way that perhaps they haven't done for some time. You listen to this podcast, you know some of my beliefs about music is really that I crave more freaks and weirdos being involved in the music space. And being a freak and a weirdo isn't something that comes naturally to computers. Although I did spill a cup of coffee on a laptop a couple of years ago and it was a total freak and a total weirdo. And also on the subject of AI, there's there's an episode I did with Andy Sizek from the band Monuments not that long ago. Again, scroll back on the podcast feed 
and he kind of makes me think a bit different about AI as well because we always think about it in terms of creativity and with music I mean that's that's why you're here that's what this podcast is that's what I care about but but actually when you start thinking about scientific acts of endeavor when you start thinking that way then AI is very very exciting and the future looks scary but also in many ways especially for people who are sick and they have illnesses which we've never come close to being able to do anything about actually the future looks very bright but listen I just thought maybe that you might want to listen to the interview so I think ripped it off the internet and I'm putting it on this episode so so yeah listen just a short little update for me today this is me on the telly this afternoon Now, Google is said to be negotiating a deal with Universal Music Group, the world's largest record label, under which the voices and melodies of artists could be licensed for songs generated by artificial intelligence. The music industry is looking at what the technology will mean after a string of deepfake songs where artists' voices were convincingly mimicked without their permission. Here's one example. I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Laughing well, there's Johnny Cash's voice singing a song that uh, I, I don't believe he ever actually sung. I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. And artificial intelligence has been able to uh, take the components of singers' voices and apply them to all sorts of other music scenarios. Let's uh, get more on this now with music journalist James McMahon. And uh, James, uh, this is a a very new phenomenon. Tech hasn't been able to do this for for that long. And, And now it seems to be a real and present threat to the industry. I think at the moment it's a novelty, but I think that the implications of it are definitely frightening. Definitely frightening the musicians that I speak to and figures in the industry. I feel a little bit like the clip you just played, the Johnny Cash doing the, the Aqua song. I think it's quite funny, and I think things like that have existed within popular music for a, cons- a considerable amount of time. There was the mashup craze of the of the early noughties, and a lot of that was a lot of fun. I think that it's when it comes down to copyright and how to secure the living and the income of musicians where things get a bit more questionable. Mm. There are AI tools that exist now on the internet where any individual can just say a couple of sentences and then the machine can produce any sorts of words in the voice of the person who said those sentences. I suppose there are real big questions now in terms of who owns what. Do musicians own their own voices? Well, unfortunately, if they if they sign some of the deals that musicians sign at the start of their recording careers, they don't own the, their own voices, or that is the grey area that needs to be worked out. I think that it's interesting. I mean, I'll be dead honest with you. The idea of a artificial intelligence making the art that I consume isn't something I'm especially down for in any way whatsoever. But I think this is a shift in the industry that, cannot be repelled i think that behind the scenes the industry has invested so much money in it it's a little bit like what we've seen with hollywood like the genie isn't going back in the bottle and i'm kind of more interested now in artists like grimes who has accepted that this is coming or if it is if it isn't already here and almost like how their can how their creativity can dovetail with their ai rather than uh, run around screaming, going, the whole world is dying, because it is. Is there not a risk, James, that it could actually 
very much dilute the industry. So when you want to find a song, say, by Ed Sheeran, with Ed Sheeran's voice, Ed Sheeran's creation, you're going to struggle to find it. Yeah, I mean, I'm a massive Nirvana fan. They were probably the band that got me into this whole thing in the first place. And I remember being a kid. I mean, Nirvana are a great band, but they're also quite an easy band to replicate. The song's very simple and, you know, you need a throaty voice and you're kind of halfway there. And I remember buying bootlegs CDs as a kid and, finding a new Nirvana song, and it wasn't really a new Nirvana song. It was actually someone <laughs> who just sounded a bit like Kurt Cobain. So this is this has been around for a long time, but obviously we are finding ourselves in this quote-unquote post-truth era where the idea of who has done what, who has said what, is this really a picture of who this is? I mean, these are questions that are being asked far beyond the music industry. It's uh, unprecedented times, as we say. Yes, it's going to be quite exciting, I suppose. People will be able to buy new Beatles albums of all sorts of new songs with actually uh, the original cast of that band singing those songs. Yeah, well, it, I think it almost raises like almost like an ideological question, really, which is that how important is personality and authenticity to the art that you enjoy or you consume or you want to invest in? I. I Again, I guess trying to you know see this as a glass half full kind of situation. I feel a little bit like popular music in recent years has become quite faceless. It's become quite, it's almost become a tool of the industry. I think that when you think about the eighties or the nineties and the uh, superstar pop, the superstar pop stars that we had or superstar rock acts, you know, that it was all about personality. And I feel like that has actually become quite safe and homogenized in recent times. Anyway, and my hope is that with AI and the idea that your music can be replicated so easily by technology, it kind of makes me hope that people, music fans, will insist on music that's made by real people and it will force artists to have something different about them, something that is harder to replicate, something that you need the investment into a person to, uh, to enjoy. And I guess artists, music labels, they could make quite a lot of money out of all this. I would probably argue the the other way. Actually, I think that's probably where the the um, where the back foot, the the lawyers and the I can't remember what you call them, but the people who look into plagiarism and who owns what and who has the rights to what. Mm. I think the reason why they're on the back foot is actually because they're thinking mm, this will probably affect our bottom line, you mm. know, in a considerable way. Mm. Um, but. Listen, I'm a music journalist. I care about the music, so those mm. kind of things. I just think you're gonna to have to work it out. You've had, <laughs> you've you've made big coin for a long time now. 